0: If you would take your scriptures and turn with me to 2 Thessalonians 3. 2 Thessalonians 3, we'll be reading verses 1 through 18. 2 Thessalonians 3. Would you give ear to the reading of God's Word? Finally, brethren, pray for us that the Word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it was with you. And that we may be delivered from our unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, that both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor do we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. Now, those who are just such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person, and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. The salutation of Paul with his own hand, which is a sign in every epistle, so I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let us pray. Father, we have come this morning to your word, for we know your word is the guide to bring us to safety. We come to be corrected. You have told us, blessed is the man who God corrects, so we don't despise the discipline you give. Work in the hearts of everyone here this morning. Seek out the arrows in their thinking and correct them by your word. Help us to take the truth of your word and apply it in our hearts and draw us ever closer to you through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Now we continue this morning our series on the godly character in action with a look at that most important attribute of the Christian, which is faithfulness. It is absolutely imperative that you understand this concept of faithfulness. It's absolutely impossible to live a Christian life without faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So where does faith, which is the ground for faithfulness, come from? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 10.17, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. What does the scripture tell us about God's Word. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. This Word that John is talking about is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the source of your faith, and thus the ground of your faithfulness. In 2 Thessalonians 3, 1-5, Paul makes it clear that Christ is faithful. According to William Henderson, who was a 20th century theologian and professor, the theme of 2 Thessalonians is the revelation of the Lord Jesus from heaven. It must be understood this theme is a firmly anchored hope, a hope that can make a change in your life. When you strongly hold to this, it will result not in disorderliness, but in calm assurance, steadfast endurance, and strength imparting peace, all of which goes to make up the foundation of faithfulness. Paul in verse 1 is asking for prayer that he and his companions might be able to continue carrying the message of hope to a needy world and that they might be rescued from evil men. In verse 3, Paul makes it clear. He fully knows where his faithfulness comes from. He says, the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. He shows that it is the Lord that builds confidence in his people, a confidence that leads to a heart faithfulness. It is grounded in knowing who Christ is and in what he has done. Paul says, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? The patience of Christ. Can you imagine living in that? That's what we need to learn to live in. What Paul wants you to see is that your faithfulness is Christ's perseverance. You find that faithfulness only in a life of submission to Christ's commands. Let us once more look at Proverbs to grow in our understanding of faithfulness. First, we shall see we must be faithful to God. Second, we will find that this obligation also requires us to be faithful to each other. Third, we shall observe that faithfulness to responsibilities given in the life is extremely important. Fourth, we will learn that excuses are not acceptable to God, for we are expected to be faithful even in adversity. Fifth, we shall come to understand we have an obligation to be faithful in all things. One of the great calls of Scripture is that believers should be faithful to imitate Christ in their lives. Christ has shown through his, his life and death what true faithfulness really is. It is complete submission to the will of God. Therefore, all faithfulness begins with God. In Christ's life, we see the first steps in faithfulness. Those steps are hearing God's word, believing God's word, and obeying the commands of his word. Through study of the word of God, you find the nature and the plan of redemption. As you study and learn of these things, you begin to make application to your life of their truths. Proverbs 6, verses 20 and 21. My son, keep your father's command, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck you must build a solid foundation, a foundation of moral principles to live this life by in such a way as to please God. It takes moral principles to do that. The only true moral principles are those found in God's word. Man, please understand, man cannot develop a moral principle no matter how hard he tries. He cannot Because he has no moral foundation of his own. Moral principles come only, only from a foundation of absolute truth. The creator God is alone, immutable, that is, unchangeable. He remains the same no matter what the circumstances. Therefore, he can lay down an absolute, unchangeable moral principle. Your faithfulness begins with your total acceptance of God's rights to establish such principles. To be faithful to God means you must first recognize him as the sovereign Lord Almighty. The one with absolute control over you and your life. Once you allow this to be true, then you must place your trust in his revealed word. You must hear his commands and believe in his wisdom as your creator. Then you must obey what he says through his word. You must be faithful To God's Word. This obedience is the really hard part of the equation. God's principles go against the old sinful nature. There's nothing more despised by men than an absolute principle. Men want to be free, they want to be free of any restraining commands. They do not in general like the doctrine of unconditional election because it takes responsibility out of men's hands and places it with God. Men want to think, even concerning salvation, it was my decision. But that's not true. God is the one in control. It is his decision. He decides who will and will not receive his grace. This is one of those absolute truths that goes against the sinful nature of men. All men are called to hear and believe this gospel. But it is only those who are given a new heart that can believe. It is only those who are enabled by God's grace to hear that accept the free offer of salvation. There's absolutely no way man can find his own way to God. You must understand that. That is inherent in understanding the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why Jesus need to come if you don't need him to be saved? He came to save you because there is no other way. God is the one in control of this world, and the path to him is lit by his commands, not your imaginations. For a man to come into the presence of God, he must first be cleansed of his sin. There's only one agent known that can wash away sin, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. How can you find this wonderful blood? Only through study of God's word. Only by hearing the word and believing on the one sent to reveal that word. You must have the word of God in your heart. You must be obedient to his teaching. Proverbs 423. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Man's natural heart. His natural heart is full of nothing but sinful and evil ways. Jeremiah says, It is deceitful. Above all things, God promises to give all his people a new heart. That is the only way you can have a new heart, a heart to love and obey him. It's a gift. Once you have this new heart, your duty is clear. It is to guard that heart, to be careful what you allow to enter it. Proverbs 4.25. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right down before you. The only way, the only way you can fulfill this duty to guard your heart is to fix your eyes on the guide provided. God's word was given to assist you in staying on the right path. Be faithful in your study of it. Be faithful in your exercise of its wisdom. Proverbs 4:27. do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Now, truck drivers will tell one another to keep it between the ditches. That's what the believer is to do. Stay on the road and out of the muck and mire of a sinful life. Proverbs 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. No one, no one can use that lamp for you. It is your duty to be faithful and ever carry the lamp high. What happens to the righteous man that does swerve to the right or the left? Proverbs 25:26. 26. A righteous man who falters before the wicked is like a murky spring and a polluted well. A spring, a well, both of them to provide clean water to refresh the thirsty. Neither is any good if it's filled with mud and polluted with filth. Once a man is called upon the name of Jesus Christ, then acknowledged his sinful condition and seen his need of a Savior, he turns and cries out to Christ for salvation. He is then made pure in the eyes of God. That man has a duty to study God's word, to become a witness of Christ's love before other men. He is to take the refreshing news of the gospel to others. How can he do that if he has not committed himself to the struggle of overcoming his own sin? The man that has committed himself to God's plan and does study the word and allows it to be a slight in his path is indeed a man who is bold in his witness. Proverbs 28, 4. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them when God's absolute principles are your guide, then you will be boldly able to resist all plans to turn you away from His truth. When your eyes are set straight ahead, then you will keep it between the ditches. You will be able to stay out of the muck and mire of this world. The true believer will remain faithful, faithful before the unbeliever because he knows the truth belongs only to the truly faithful follower. Of Jesus Christ. Not only do believers have a duty of faithfulness to God and His Word, but also to be faithful to all men. I don't want to spend too much time on this since we have talked about the duty to others a lot, but we need to spend some. One area we have talked about is faithfulness to your spouse. Proverbs 31 10 through 12. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. This is directed to the wife, but I want you to understand: the husband is to be the same. The wife is of noble character. What makes her that way? It is her faithfulness to her mate. If you want to be seen as faithful, then you must show it through your relationship with your spouse. That's husband and wife. God created the family unit to give us a picture. It's a picture of God himself. The husband represents the leader, God. The wife represents the believer, the follower. And you have a responsibility in both of your roles. It doesn't make women less, less important than men or men more important than women. It's roles he gave us to fulfill. And we need to fulfill those roles to the best of our ability. And we need to do it with grace and mercy always. To show that faithfulness to unbelievers requires faithfulness in many areas. One that seems to be hard for many is faithfulness to those in authority over them. When you join the church, one of the vows most churches ask you to take Is a vow to respect, honor, and submit to the elders over you in spiritual matters. Church discipline has become a joke in many churches simply because people don't want anyone telling them when they're wrong. We have the same problem with many groups in this nation. They refuse to listen to the authorities over them. They break laws simply because they don't like the law. Christians should be faithful to those in authority and they must be faithful to the laws of the nation. Proverbs 13:17. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings help. The people who listen to those in charge and work within the laws governing them will come out being a blessing to all. But the man who will not listen and will not follow the law, he will be a curse. Another area we have talked about recently is friends. The Christian will always be faithful to his friends. Proverbs 18, 24 talks about a friend sticking closer than a brother. Proverbs 27, 6 says, A true friend always speaks the truth to you. The Christian must be faithful to those he calls friend, for friendship is important. We all need others. None can call themselves self-sufficient. The mark of the unbeliever is his total commitment to nothing but himself. It is popular today to speak of our need for self-esteem. While this is popular, even in some Christian circles, it is not scriptural. According to the scripture, the problem with man is too much self-esteem, not too little. The man overcome with love of self will never be faithful to others. Only when you come to understand your total lack of worth before God, you will begin to see your need of help from others, first from Jesus, then from those who follow him. When you see Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all sense of self-worth is gone. It's washed away. It's replaced with Christ worth. In other words, you come into the worth in which you were first created, Because Jesus has repaired the perverted image of God in the believer. That image in which man was originally created. You come into the perfect image of the God-man. You come through your belief and trust in Jesus Christ. This does not build your self-esteem, but Christ's image in you. The next area of faithfulness goes along with this idea of faithfulness to friends. Be faithful to those who place their confidence in you. Proverbs 11:13. 13. A talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is a faithful spirit conceals a matter. This has to be the hardest part of this whole concept of faithfulness. There is not a person here this morning that does not have guilt in this area. Face it, friends. We love to gossip. You will never be seen as faithful until you prove you can keep a confidence. This is really the seal of a man's trustworthiness. Can you be trusted with the heartaches of another? You cannot be spoken of as faithful until you can. Everyone in this life is given some kind of responsibility. Most have jobs or businesses which are loaded with accountabilities. You must be faithful in conducting your everyday charges. Proverbs 27:23. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. To be seen as a faithful person, you must carry out your duties as though you were doing each one for the Lord. There is no task too small or insignificant as to not require your faithful completion. Now if I might, I want to take a step back. I want to look at one of the great enemies of standing faithfully with God. I'm following in this, we'll, help, we'll helm us a back on, who was a Dutch theologian in the 17th century. You need to ask yourself, do I recognize the power of the corruption in my own life? Is the lust of the flesh warring against my soul? Are you losing this battle? Do you find that vain imaginations and sinful stirrings of the heart overpower you? Does that one sin that seems so prevalent and strong take control of you and make you its captive, penetrating your soul and bringing rage to your heart and mind? Does it drown you in despair? Does it grow to the point that it seems as your whole life is lost in it? You fight against it day after day, but never seem to make up any ground. Does it seem as though sin is constantly robbing you of all your liberty toward God? Does it seem to take away your desire and your spiritual life? This enemy is the corruption of the flesh. It's strong and can disrupt your life so easily. So how can you come into the perseverance and faithfulness you need to stand fast in the Lord? Listen to these promises from God's Word. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Jeremiah 31, 33. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. Zechariah 10.3, and I will make them as his royal horse in the battle. Zechariah 10.5, they shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets in battle. They shall fight because the Lord is with them, and the riders on horses shall be put to shame. What these promises show is that God is in control of everything in your life. He will not allow you to be lost in the struggles of this life. Now, isn't that a comforting thought? Doesn't that just make your heart sore? His grace, His grace is sufficient to guide you through every struggle you face. This is the ground of your faithfulness. It is firmly founded upon his faithfulness to you. Don't allow the sinful urges and imagination cause you to be corrupted. Open your heart. Let the word of God penetrate your heart and your mind. Constantly look to what God has promised and stand faithfully on all of those promises. It's always easy. To be faithful and trustworthy when things are going along really smooth. The real test of faithfulness comes when the waters are troubled. The Christian is called to be faithful in the face of adversity. Proverbs 24.10 If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Proverbs 24.16 For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. One of the key elements of faithfulness is perseverance. Christ came into this world as an infant, totally helpless, dependent on others. He persevered. He persevered those early years. He had power. He had the very power that he created in this world. Yet, he waited and accepted the hardships of this life. He entered this ministry, and even when they rose up and tried to kill him before his time, He persevered. He walked away instead, as John suggested, calling fire down from heaven on their heads. He came to the end of his life on this earth. He faced the horrible death of crucifixion, and yet he endured even death on the cross because he was faithful to his Father in heaven. Peter entered troubled waters the night Christ was betrayed he alone of the disciples followed after Jesus and entered the courtyard of the high priest. The longer he stayed, the more troubled the circumstances became. At last, under great pressure, Peter denied with an oath that he had ever known Christ. Yet, when Christ returned in his resurrected state, he calls on Peter to rise up and continue in faithfulness to serve him. Peter did exactly that. Later in Antioch, Peter again faced troubling circumstances as he had to choose between Jews following the old law and Gentiles exercising faith. Paul has to confront him and call him back from his unfaithfulness. The true believer may slip at times, but he should never, he should ever be willing to hear the call to come home and heed the word of God. You can claim no faithfulness until you have faced the storm and dealt with the fear of failure. The righteous man will look deep within his own heart and admit, I cannot be faithful on my own. He will turn to God in prayer, and he will ask for all the help that God can send. He will look to the word of God and make his stand on the promises of God. First John 1 John nine. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Implicit in this is the promise that God will endow all who come to him with a humble heart and a contrite spirit. That he will endow them with faithfulness and perseverance in the face of any and all trouble. What all of this should be telling you is that you should be faithful in all things. God does not call you to just believe a part of his word, but to be faithful to the fulfillment of each and every command in it. There's nothing in scripture that allows you to pick and choose. Some will try and tell you that you have Christ as Savior and you don't have to make him your Lord. My friends, please don't fall for such wicked nonsense. God says faithfulness is an absolute necessary thing to please him. You must be faithful in everything. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Now I want to tell you this morning, without any equivocation at all, I have found a faithful man. Yes, it was a very difficult search. I have searched hard to find this one faithful man in whom I could trust. Let me be clear. A faithful person is hard to find. The one I found is Jesus Christ. I have not found another. But I have found many. Many who are in Christ. Many who exhibit the same type of faithfulness he has. Look in the mirror. Ask yourself, do I have faithfulness? You can have this faithfulness if you will place your faith and hope in Jesus Christ. He will help you to begin living a life marked by faithfulness, but you must open and be open and willing to follow the commands of his word. Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings. The faith that is found in Jesus Christ, the faith that is imparted to all who hear his call and believe on his word, does indeed provide a rich blessing. Dear one, nothing will bless you like the cleansed heart provided by God to all he has called. Because Jesus Christ was faithful, because he carried out every directive God the Father gave him, you through Christ's work can be made into a new creature, given a new heart, a new spirit, imputed with faith, and made faithful in the eyes of God. Yes, it is all the work of God. Not one iota is your own doing. Yet, once you have it, your responsibility is clearly laid out. Be faithful, for the unfaithful person hurts all they come in contact with. Proverbs 25 19. Confident and unfaithful man is in time. Confidence in an unfaithful man in times of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. Oh, how easy it is to trust in yourself, especially when things are going great. But how fast all that falls apart when trouble's enter the door. Jesus Christ is the only faithful person to ever enter this world. Adam let all mankind down in the garden. All the promises of a million leaders are forgotten in a short time because they fail when troubles come. You and I cannot be trusted because we're sinners. Jesus Christ has shown his faithfulness, hanging on Calvary's cross when he had the power to call down legions of angels to defend him. But even in the midst of such terrible suffering, he refused. He refused to give in. He stood fast and completed for you wonderful work of salvation had he not been willing to do such a wonderful thing we would know nothing of what it meant to be faithful Jesus and Jesus alone is the faithful man of this world and the one you are called to emulate in your life it is faithfulness of Jesus Christ that can change your life and can give you hope. In his faithfulness, you can learn to be faithful. In him, you can be seen by others as a faithful man. In him, you can receive the blessings of a faithful life. In him, the hope of eternal life can be yours. My friend, I ask you, do you want a hope, a hope of something better than this life and the absolute utter despair of a grave filled with terror? You can have it. You can have it if you will open your ears and hear Christ's faithful call. He's calling across this world. He's calling men to hear his words of life and to believe on him. He came to live the perfect life, to die the atoning death, and to win the resurrection victory. He has won that victory, and he offers you a part in it if you will hear and believe in him. Open your heart this day and look deep within. What do you find is the center of your heart? Is it self or is it Jesus Christ? Christ Jesus came to do the most wonderful things for you. He came to search your heart and to show you the sins that were dragging you down into the pit of hell. The only way that slide into hell can be stopped is by believing and trusting in Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ alone. You recognize your failure in being obedient to the God who made you. You come confessing your sin. You come repenting. Salvation is given. It's given to every man. To every man who believes and is faithful to Jesus Christ. I beg of you, hear it today. For tomorrow may be too late. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have just learned from your word how important faithfulness is to us in every area of our lives. It shows us how we must be faithful and stand fast on the truths of your word. It opens for us the understanding of your obligations to others. We also see how important our duties in, this, in life are and that we need to ever be fighting the corruption of the flesh, which is our greatest enemy. It has shown us that God accepts no excuses. And he ends with our need to understand what faith means in our lives. Please, Lord, open our heart to receive this message and apply it in our lives. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.